And hello, and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. We've been away for two two weeks, Matt, doing other stuff, but we're officially back now. We are, we are. And in that time, a lot has happened over the, the last couple of weeks, but yeah. it was nice to have like a little break. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, going live every week, getting to see the fans is a lot of fun, but sometimes it's nice to... Well, I wasn't going to say phone it in because we still did a lot of work. In fact, uh, hey, be sure to stick around near the end of this episode because instead of uh, what we read this week, don't worry, we will talk about metal. Uh, you'll get an interview segment with Comic Uno. Uh, Patreons uh, already saw it, but uh, she has a new book coming out she wants to talk about. And also, too, hey, while I'm shilling for books, don't forget our buddy Justin... Uh, he has a Kickstarter for Red Knight that I will also have down in the comment section below. He uh, he paid uh, to have an ad spot on there, so I wanted to be sure that uh, everyone heard about that. And if you have something you want to promote, be sure to write me an email, and for 50 bucks, we can make it happen. <laughs> okay, uh, people were saying that they can't hear, but okay, now you're good. Okay, whatever happened there, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I, I don't have to retake that opening, right, because I'm recording a backup of it. No, that, uh, that I can put that in the in the in the video. Cool. You didn't miss anyone, people who couldn't hear me a little bit. It was just all my regular talky bullshit when I opened the show. <laughs> uh, so uh, how's your week been, Matt? It has been oppressively fucking humid here in Canada right now. Yeah, well, it's been the opposite here. It's been very cold. Uh, so I've been staying in a lot besides staying in because, you know, there's a deadly respiratory virus outside. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, my uh, my town actually did like a soft reopen uh, on the 12th and everything. Like, I think, uh, like, you can get your hair cut now, a couple of the bars are open and everything, which on one hand is good because it means we're one of the least infected places in all of Ontario. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I'm like, I ain't fucking risking it. No, yeah, no, I'm definitely not going out to like big places. And like, obviously, mm -hmm. we, we had that thing with the movie theaters wanting to open up. Yeah. I don't think they're... They're planning on opening up here for at least a little bit longer than what they were in the States. But yeah, I can't imagine going to a movie theater in the States. Yeah, we uh, we don't have AMC theaters here. But yeah, I, I would not risk it. It's not worth it. I mean, really, it's like what you can do. Oh, you can get a haircut and you can like drink on a patio or the two big things you can do in my <laughs> small town. And I'm like, hey, what if I drink at home and cut my own hair? What about that? <laughs> That'll be fun. That'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's what's been up with me. Uh, how's, uh, how's your week been? I know before we started, we're like, hey, should we do, should we do Assassin talk? And I'm like, oh, I didn't play Assassin's Creed this week. I was playing Isle of Armor, the Pokemon DLC. <laughs> I was right into that. Yeah, yeah, no, I played yesterday. I, I just like hopped on just like, oh, hop on for like a little bit. I got a little bit of free time. I ended up playing for like seven hours or something. Cause I, I got over that hump. I got over the hump of, of like the, the, the late, level mm. 20s that, that the game has and then now i'm Which like where i'm at now i'm like fighting minotaurs and fucking medusa and all the really cool shit and got really cool armor and everything and it's nice, been loads nice. of fun i i really expect you to be playing the last of us too you not hop on that one yet or i i've got it yet but i've been kind of like drip feeding it myself i don't want to like what all these people are doing and just like blowing through it really fast yeah yeah that's uh, that's about what i'm going to be doing too i uh, i waited to get i'm like i'll get it next paycheck and everything because you know obviously if i wanted to see a world ravaged by a terrible virus and mismanagement i would just have to look outside my window maybe <laughs> maybe just let me go to the isle of armor for a little bit and catch some good pokes here in this pokemon game <laughs> 
they uh they do a cool thing with these new pokemon games is that depending on which version you get for the dlc you get like a dlc exclusive rival because every pokemon game has its mm -hmm. rival yeah yeah and and uh, in shield the one i got the rival is a dude named avery uh he's a psychic trainer and the whole joke around him is actually quite brilliant, and I dare say he's one of my favorite rivals ever now. The joke is is that he is an adult. He never made it <laughs> in the world of Pokemon as a kid. He basically kept getting held back in Pokemon school, and now he continually gets his ass whooped by children who are better than him. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's wonderful, and he talks to the camera, and he tries to cheat, and he can't even cheat right. It's it's excellent. It's quite wonderful. Oh, that's great. That's that's really fun. I I, I wish they would continue to do stuff like that. Apparently, if you got sword, your rival in that one is like a wannabe YouTube celebrity woman, and I'm like, oh, that's fun, but not as fun as an adult who keeps getting beaten up by children. <laughs> And it's funny, his story even gets better because, like, you get their league cards after beating them and you, like, read his origin story and, like, mm -hmm. it's actually a little sad and a little sympathetic. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I see why you are the way you are, man. That's yeah. uh, that's a shame. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been after. I think, I think I've blown through pretty much all the content in it. Honestly, I caught all the exclusives. I caught everything I could on that end. Now I just got to trade. But to do that, of course, I got to put money into the switch yeah. to go online because yeah. you can't go online for free anymore no well i i know the switch um subscription is pretty cheap like compared to like um like playstation and xbox it is yeah it is but it's like i only get it for this one game is the yeah thing. that's yeah i can understand that yeah like to justify it like i wish i could get it for a week and then maybe do some of those max raids or whatever because i know uh, some people already got it by, like, breaking the game and doing shit they shouldn't, but there's, like, a new legendary that you can only get from raids that's okay. going to be coming soon, so I might do it then. See, I, I'd get Nintendo, or well, I, I think I've still got it because I had, like, a three-month uh, subscription to it. Um, mm. I'd, I'd get it if, like, the, the, the like, uh, SNES uh, library, and all that, if they put, like, an N64 library on there. Oh, that would be fun. With some really cool... Uh, old games on there that'd be really cool that would be really good i would love the fuck out of that oh someone said it's 20 bucks for a year in america mm -hmm. okay so that would probably be closer to 30 bucks yeah canada for a year that's not bad but again i feel like i wouldn't get as much use out of it because again this is the problem with having two consoles now mm -hmm. and again i have the playstation one just set to autofill yeah Oh, speaking of subscriptions and everyone, I should probably get this out publicly somewhere. Uh, Book Depository, longtime uh, booster I have been of it on the channel forever. Well, they changed their affiliate thing this week. Now you got to actually pay them money to be an affiliate. So fuck that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm having to start removing them off my like channel. So I'm like, yeah, because I got the email. I'm sure you got as well. Mm, I'm like, well, yep, this, yep. what the fuck? <laughs> It used to be good. Thank you, Tevi. It used to be really good and used to work. I'm trying now to get, uh, what is it, like one of those Amazon affiliate links that everyone else mm -hmm. has. So hopefully I'll have that soon. I tried doing it tonight, but I suck filling out that bank stuff. It's like, oh, where's your account number? Where's your routing number? What's your GST, HST mm -hmm. number? And also there was QST, which I've never seen before. Apparently that's just for Quebec, as I discovered. And I'm like, God damn it, I hate... I hate having to do all this banking stuff, but hopefully I will have something to show for that soon, everybody. And uh, hey, when Christmas comes up and everything, don't don't use Book Depository no more. Use use this new link I'm gonna create. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what my week looked like. Also, thank you, uh, Cameron, there for the big, long message there. I saw that there looked to be a lot of love in there. Appreciate it. Nice. Thanks. Uh, so uh, pff, where do we want to start this week, Matt? Uh, should we hop into the news? Do you have anything else you want to add? Anything else from your week? Uh, no, not really. No. All right, so we got a big old, big old pile of news this week, everyone. And, of course, we'll be talking about metal, like I promised. And we got an interview, so this is going to be a, a jam-packed one for certain. Uh, starting things off here on a bit more of a serious topic. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, Matt, but uh, this has been a really bad week for pervs and sleazoids from across many different uh, mediums across the board, uh, be it comics, be it wrestling, be it stand-up comedy. If you've been bad, people going to find out about it, and you're going to get in trouble for it. Uh, early on this week, uh, Cameron Stewart uh, got into a bunch of trouble when someone came out and had some, you know, pretty worthwhile evidence that he had been grooming underage girls yikes yikes especially yikes because uh what is it the only real book i knew him for was that new 52 bat girl of burnside book and motor crush two books exclusively aimed at young girls yeah 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 this week proved that uh, there's a lot of fucking comic creators are fucking sex weirdos <laughs> same with wrestlers too and yeah. same with stand-up comedians which is a shame because i'm fans of all these things i'm just like <laughs> god damn it like every time i'd go on twitter i'm like oh not jimmy having no not joey ryan too. fuck <laughs> me fuck everything uh but another creator uh, that got outed for being a bit of a sleaze. And I say outed even though he's an older creator and this is one of those situations where it's like, yeah, we all knew we weren't just do no one was doing anything about it. <laughs> but that was Warren Ellis, who I, I feel like literally I could see how this happened where it's like, oh, you know, Cameron Stewart's a perv, you know, he's, uh, what is it, grooming young girls. And that's like, yeah, well, Warren Ellis did it for years and you never did anything about that. What was that about Warren Ellis? <laughs> then they look into it. Oh, no. So basically DC pulled uh, his big story that was going to be, uh, what is it, one of the special one shots for uh, for metal. That was going to be the story about the Batman dinosaur. They pulled that now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I am sure there's probably loads of other stories that have been pulled as well, as well as his, as people in the chat are saying, uh, his Castlevania series at Netflix. I'm sure that's probably not coming back. <laughs> I, I forgot that was him, actually, for the longest time. I forgot he was involved with that. No no word about the Batman's grave. I think that was selling pretty good and is almost done anyway. So they're like, oh, we're pulling this and we're canceling that. No, this is fine, though. This this yeah, will finish that's up. Batman. That's Batman. <laughs> that's Batman. That's B B Batman creates a shield in which no sleaze can penetrate. <laughs> creates an unblockable shield. So, yeah, if you were looking forward to find out whatever the hell the origin was of that bat dinosaur thing uh don't because it's not happening i guess you'll have to deal with all the other dark knights who will assumedly be getting stories and really like we kind of got his origin in death metal from those passaway lines from wonder woman that said like each oh so bruce you transferred his memory into the robotic dinosaur when his cave collapsed yeah he literally tells cool. you the story there you go <laughs> that was it that's all you need to know uh, we just want to talk about death metal now at the top of the show because it's the biggest book of the week and I'm sure everyone uh, wants to hear what we have to think about it. So should we just lead and talk about that now? Why not? Yeah, sure. What'd you think of death metal, Matt? It was fucking awesome. It was cool. I enjoy. I don't know if it knocked my socks off. There's a lot of stuff that like was out of the book's control where it's like, look, it's been two months without new comics for a long period of time. That Justice League book that it's leading off from was even further back. 
in time. This also feels like a weird, like almost starting over from the Justice League thing. Cause you know, you get the big scene with Wally who's here and he's like, okay, so everything you knew about the totality and everything, well, that was one thing, but also here's this other thing now that I'm <laughs> building on top of that. I'm like, okay, I, I can understand trying to make this like new reader friendly. Cause not everyone can read like 40 plus issues of Justice League. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm just like, all right, this is fine. I can deal with it. I will say I like what they did with the Batman who laughs, and that is he has come down with a major case of self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. His like first line is like, I know you're sick of me. I thought that was pretty cool. That's I'm like, okay, Scott, you listen. That's good. I like that. I bet you're all getting pretty sick of me now. And then they fucking kill him at the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, kill him, quote unquote. <laughs> quote unquote. Because there's literally a moment when I'm reading this, I'm like, this. This is just secret wars in the DC universe. Batman took over the world and cut it up into different fiefdoms <laughs> and it's all themed and all crazy and everything. And the Batman who laughs is God King Doom. Oh, no, wait, they went a different way with it. <laughs> I do like that the world that got that it got cut up to, it's shaped like a bat and it's called the DCU. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. That's really this, cool. This, like, again, uh, what is it? Snyder has always been flirting with this idea of being like, you know, really meta and really self-referential in his work. But this by far is the most meta thing mm -hmm. he's ever written. Oh yeah. We, the book opens with Sergeant Rock talking to Batman and us. Yes, directly. And that he's kind of losing his mind and everything into where literally they're like, okay, so there's two forces in the universe. There's a uh, crisis energy, which I like he used crisis energy because he didn't actually create that. Joshua Williamson yes. created crisis yes. energy. It's paying off. My reading of Flash is paying off. <laughs> I'm sure that must have felt really friggin' vindicating, where it's like, look, there's crisis energy, which is the bad energy that tears us apart and breaks up families, and it's everything bad you don't like in comics. And then there's the other energy, and that's the good energy that, you know, is legacy and connects us all. Yeah, through generations, and, and it's the connective energy. I wonder if that Generations line was supposed to be there because uh, Generation Zero and everything else was supposed to be a thing, but now mm -hmm. it might not be anymore. Because, mm -hmm. like, literally you could not have asked for a more meta read where it's like you have the bad part of comics that always make them reboot and cost more and the good part of comics over here. <laughs> I'm literally just, you know, uh, melting it down to these two things. And I'm like, all right, if this is just going to be a meta fest, I'm glad you're throwing down the gauntlet and be like, this is the story, everyone. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he got that all out of the way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. It definitely has taken a number of turns. I was not expecting it to turn right away. Uh, Gorilla Fighter Batman with a Black Lantern ring and a trench coat. That's pretty solid. Yeah, I, an invisible trench coat he got from... Uh zatanna and yeah the black lantern mm. i like how they built up that black lantern with the story of like the field that was like uh an old mm. battlefield from the revolutionary war and of course bruce that's why he brought the ring there to uh, uh -huh. resurrect all these like civil war fucking like soldiers and shit and it's so cool and of and course jonah, Hex, jonah Hex leads them yeah because why why would you do a story of bringing back old civil war soldiers if jonah wasn't there now if I were to split hairs and nitpick, I'm like, well, technically Jonah didn't die in that battle in that field. But Jimmy Palmiotti in the New 52 kind of undid 
Hex's death date by saying that that was a fake who died and he continued to live. So maybe he died there, or maybe Bruce just moved the body or someone buried him there. We don't know. I don't care. I'm just glad that we got Sergeant Rock and Jonah Hex in one book. <laughs> yeah, and it feels like we're probably going to be getting more of them throughout the whole uh, series. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of cool. Uh, I, I hope it, moving on from here, it continues to throw curveballs because, like, I know there was a lot of people who's like, well, this this feels a lot like the first Death Metal does or the first uh, Dark Knight's Metal. It does, yeah. Well, as well as it's meant to be a direct sequel to that. Mm, um, yeah. So it kind of makes sense it would be that. And as well as, like, it's, it's being friendly to new readers, so it's kind of got to retread some stuff. Indeed, and that's kind of what this was, retreading a lot of stuff. But you know what? Credit where credit is due to Snyder as well for bringing in the stuff with the flash even though fans hated it and it's been really controversial and everything him being like no 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 i'm gonna actually try and make something of this and you know everything's connected and everything matters and you know even if you didn't like it i'm gonna try and make something of it yeah and also it 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 also implies as well as like with art we've seen of the second issue that obviously doomsday clock is canon it's like 100 percent canon mm, yeah did uh did people point out to you the art error or maybe it's not an art error maybe or error maybe it'll be a story thing later but uh john stewart was the green lantern on the justice league when they all went through the portal at the end of that series but here in this book it's how oh really i i didn't actually yes. notice that two people pointed that out to me and i'm like oh my god you're right was that an art error or is that like no the timeline was broken so they changed i mean that, that yeah well that's like an excuse you can make that excuse for everything that like yeah because yes. time splinted like maybe that was like a justice league and that that just had mm. that and there's maybe another one that didn't have him or something I, I could also see it, too, just being a very simple art error where it's like, okay, draw the Justice League. It's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. They don't specify which Green mm -hmm. Lantern. It's like, oh, we're down to the crunch. Okay, I got to do this now. Yeah, maybe. And just no one caught it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that book was the rarity where it actually was, uh, what is it, John Stewart instead of Hal Jordan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, that's metal. Metal's pretty cool. It didn't knock my socks off right away, but I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely going to take the ride with it. And there looks to be a lot of interesting tie-ins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of tie-ins, um, this book implies cause of like what Wonder Woman's plan was that the, um, uh, the tie-in Trinity crisis is going to be required reading because mm, that, cause that, cause that book is about her enacting her plan about going back to all these crises in the dark multiverse and gathering up yeah, that yeah. energy also hey dark crisis is actually mattered now that's pretty cool mm -hmm. and they actually all have a reason to exist and wall even says yeah you know perpetua she you know tried to forge a universe out of crisis energy and the dark multiverse is the source of the most crisis energy because crises are just going on forever there and not stopping yeah and that's where the ba batman who laughs come in it's actually really well done yeah, I mean, I, everything connects. You mm -hmm. cannot deny that, you know, everything doesn't connect in no, the series. None at all. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. Uh, some more good news uh, coming out of DC. Uh, Milestone might not be as dead as we thought. Obviously, if you've listened to the show, a topic near and dear to my own heart is the fate of the Milestone characters. Milestone is an imprint and just the frankly hilarious mishandling 
of it as a brand. Back like five years ago now, mm -hmm. they said, oh yeah, we're bringing Milestone back. It's going to be great. They had covers. They had creative teams. They were so excited about it. The only problem is, is that they didn't actually have the rights to be doing any of that. <laughs> and they kind of went around Dwayne McDuffie's widow to do this. Yeah, yeah, they fucked over a widow or were going to. And then they got taken to court over it. Uh, some news came out this week. Uh, they were talking to Dennis uh, Cowan about it, who kind of seems to be the new figurehead mm -hmm. of this milestone deal, which is interesting because five years ago it was Hudlin, Reginald Hudlin, who was taking point on everything. A guy who is supposedly very hard to work with, both in comics and in Hollywood. Now, flash forward, this lawsuit is done. Hudlin is nowhere to be found, and it's uh, Cowan who's leading the charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it feels like someone's head had to roll for this, and his was the head that mm -hmm. rolled for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, you're out now, Reginald, which... Uh, Again, he, he always seemed like a bit of a slimy, ne'er-do-well anyway, Hudlin. Like, again, if you watch that really great Robert Kirkman documentary about Milestone and its history, which you should, he, he just kind of seems there like he's got like a shit-eating grin on the whole time. Like, oh, yeah, and we're bringing it back, and it's going to be great, and I get to be in front of it because, you know, I was there originally, mm -hmm. and I became a big power player in Hollywood, so I get to, you know, throw my weight around, basically. But uh, apparently it's been settled. I will admit when Cowan talked about it uh, in the interview, and it's like, oh, yes, the uh, the settlement has been reached that pleased both parties, if you can believe it or not. Uh, a lot of what was said was untrue. And I'm like, you still sound really fucking bitter, actually. <laughs> For someone who says that both sides were ultimately happy, you don't sound happy. <laughs> but Milestone will be coming back now. They're actually going to be moving along with this. Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, of all people, actually tweeted saying he's involved with some of these new projects now, which is quite cool. Obviously, he was a dude very interest, uh, instrumental in Marvel Knights and a lot mm -hmm. of other stuff, and, you know, just, just a good hand to have in general. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what this eventuates into because right at right at the moment we've got like a really good opportunity to like bring them yeah. back in with, with like at the end of like death metal which will obviously lead to like a reboot Definitely. and uh you could do uh, add them into like the justice league and all these teams i'd love i'd love at some point just to see like a superman icon book oh that would be super fun i mean static like mm -hmm. there's there is so much love for static out there and dc and warner brothers have just been leaving money on the table mm -hmm. for decades when it comes to static and that's one of the books they promised and one of the ones we're probably going to be getting and actually hey static showed up in a really cool thing dc put out this week you know in a celebration of juneteenth and obviously in support of black lives matter and everything else they had a really cool cover of all of dc's most prominent african-american characters you know they were kneeling and throwing up the fist and it was like all their names written across the american flag and like that's a really good image if i could get a poster print of that i would hang that that's a really good image that's what you do for like the the cover for the book yeah yeah that's that would definitely be a good cover for you know milestone reborn even call it that yeah 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 or like, or, or milestone rebirth yeah yeah <laughs> just call it what it is and yeah they're promising like you're gonna get static you're probably gonna get like blood syndicate and hardware and all the other stuff you remember they also say they're gonna try and do some new stuff which is fitting too because i wouldn't want it to just be a nostalgia thing it's like hey do do some modern shit yeah, well, I can see them incorporating the characters they have at the moment, like um, 
the Green Lantern from uh, Far Sector, Sojourner, mm, yeah. um, Naomi. Naomi. Yep. Uh, you could incorporate all of them into Milestone. Yeah. I think that would be I think that would be very good. So yeah, Milestone is going to be coming back and I think we can all agree now is kind of the perfect time for Milestone to come back. We need them now more than ever. Absolutely. So the planet's aligned in the best way. Now, uh, moving on from there to some Marvel news. Uh, Immortal Hulk is going to be ending as of issue 50. Uh, the artist kind of let it drop. That's that's insane. That's that's pretty cool that it got to 50 issues. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people were heartbroken by this. Like, oh no, 50 issues. Why are they canceling it at 50? No, they're not. It's ending under its own power at 50. And again, I can respect uh, what is it, Ewing, to be like, look, this is the story I want to tell. It's going to take 50 issues to tell. And then once I'm done, I'm done. Yeah, 50 issues is a solid number for a <laughs> solid run. And that doesn't count. They're going to be doing, like, again, a few more one-shots and a few more tie-ins as well. Yeah, that that's really cool. i got to go back and read some of these. It's uh, it's wonderful. It's one of the best books on the shelf right now. It's, I think it's Ewing's masterpiece. I really, really do. And the most interesting the hulk has been in a long time i do not i do not envy the person who's going to have to write the hulk after this i was just gonna say that like yeah like i feel sorry for the person coming after because they've just come off this amazing run so like whatever they do to the hulk is just going to be put under a microscope even if it like if it does something simple it's like oh it's just gonna go back to basics you're gonna have the people mm -hmm. complaining like character redefining is what I would mm -hmm. call this. This this book does for the Hulk what Alan Moore did for Swamp Thing. Mm -hmm. Like the character will never be the same again. Yeah. Unless they want him to be the same again, in which case they'll they'll do that. <laughs> uh, as the chat is reminding me too, yeah, one of the special one shots they're going to be doing for Empire is uh what is it? The Immortal She-Hulk. So they're gonna let Ooh. Ewing take a crack at She-Hulk. Nice. Maybe that's where you could go next. <laughs> Yeah, that would be cool. I would be totally fine with that, especially because, you know, She-Hulk actually lends herself to doing some outside-the-box stories because she used to be a comedy character and she used to do all this other stuff. She broke the fourth wall in comics before Deadpool did. Yeah. And she never gets credit for those things, <laughs> so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, especially, too, as the chat says, uh, as the She-Hulk TV show is coming soon, they should probably do something with the character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 50 issues of Immortal Hulk. I can dig it. It'll be sad to see it go, but I'm happy to know that Ewing has an endgame in mind. Yeah, it's always good when you get a writer who has a run that's really good and gets to finish it on their own. Mm -hmm. I truly wonder how he's going to end it, too, because he has, like, so many, like, pokers in the fire right now. You got hulk battling the actual devil for his soul and the right to die and all the other gamma people's right to die because they're forever reborn you have this weird alien future with the ma uh, the master out mm -hmm. there somewhere as well uh you've got the hulk right now who's battling Roxxon and like political corruption yeah well like the the end game sounds like it could only be like the death of bruce banner the the death of the hulk yeah when the immortal hulk is no longer immortal yeah yeah that just seems like where it has to go I mean, shit, I, I would almost like to see, you know, there, there was a great bit in Bendis' Daredevil run where, like, he put Matt Murdock on trial 
And then, like, Matt Murdock runs away and he becomes the leader of the hand and he basically lives an entire alternate life that he could have lived in a <laughs> single issue. I would like to see Ewing do this with the Hulk where it's like, okay, what if the Hulk got what he wanted and he smashed the entire world and rebuilt it in a better image and everything? What what would that be like where a uh, mortal Hulk ultimately gets his wish? That would be pretty cool. And then he realizes that's not what he wanted. Yeah, or it doesn't work out the way he yeah. thought it would. Something like that. Yeah. That would be very cool. So, uh, yeah, there's your Hulk news, everyone. Uh, sad to see it go, but happy that it was as great as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we have here? Ooh, I alluded to it before, but let's bring it up again. DC is going to be dropping Generation Zero from its free comic book day offering. Yeah. Just, just to note, this is the free comic book day issue. There wasn't anything mentioned about the actual Generations. Event. No, but this was... Sub- but this was supposed to set it up and everything. This was supposed to set up uh, uh, 5G or whatever. And now it's gone. And now DC doesn't even mention 5G anymore. Is it safe to assume now that after three months of sitting on their hands and not doing anything and really thinking about it, they're like, you know what, maybe this was a bad idea. Probably either that or it's going to be rejigged into something else. Right. That could always be true. They could always just change the name. Because I, I was totally different. fine with it. People weren't totally fine because Mawali West. Yes, of course. That, but like everything about it like seemed very interesting, especially like the fact that we'd be getting issues that were each a generation, like Wonder Woman's first appearance, Superman's first appearance. like Trying to hammer think, out a timeline. Yeah, I actually liked the idea that we were going to get some type of concrete timeline, uh, mainly because mm. like it would stop comments on my videos. Where does this take place? Where does that take place? I... I mean, my problem always with, you know, establishing a timeline is, is like, okay, you've established a timeline. How long until you break it? Because you always break it because you can never stick to a timeline. So why are you even bothering? <laughs> is the pro- And that's not a problem with this story. That's just a problem with comic books and writings in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is what it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the art was nice at least. You know, we got uh, Batman in his blue cape. And Robin, that was fun yeah, for a some, minute. Some nice Francis Manipal art. Yeah, yeah. Manipal hasn't been doing as much recently. I'd like no. to uh, see him come back and do some more stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. The question is: Has this been folded? Has it been canceled outright? Did this have something to do with Didio leaving the company? Because the scuttlebutt and the word around the campfire is that five G was his initiative that he was really getting behind. Yeah. It could also just be because uh like death metal because obviously this was going to be spinning out of death metal and it could just be a simple thing as well they can't have that issue come out now because it won't make any sense because death metal got delayed that's that's what i feel like too like is was this just supposed to be like the in between was this supposed to be uh wally going through all these other universes like he talked about so he could learn Mm -hmm. about the poles of crisis energy and direct crisis energy Mm -hmm. so he could have that moment to tell wonder woman is that what it's all about yeah because that's what it because this this issue was meant to come out before wasn't it Mm, i do believe so yeah so maybe that and then yeah we would have gotten like a little thing in the corners like read generation zero to find out what wally did that sort of thing or, and again, too, you know, we might even just be overthinking it. Is the reason they pulled it is they're like, no, this is actually important for stuff. We're not going to put this out to free comic book day when there's not going to be a free comic book day this year because no one can actually go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
could be either could be any of it i don't know man i don't know yeah again i think it's going to get folded into something else or like those ideas because they they did all that all that work to like make like the giant timeline and everything that they introduced at that comic convention that one time uh did all that i can't see them just being like oh we'll bin all that they'll use that for something else no it's true it's i mean it's very rare that ideas like that ever do get binned but then again it's very rare that the comic industry has three months to sit and stop and actually (laughs) stew about stuff (laughs) to which really makes me stop and think like god damn what a weird place it must be for fucking creators where it's like no go 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 don't stop don't think about it just go 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 The fact that, like, really amazing art and really touching stories are able to come out of that at all when working under such, you know, scrutiny. Yeah, yeah. It makes you, it stops and makes you think. It really, really does. Where it's like, would comics be better if we had three months to all stop and think? <laughs> what would things be different? I don't know, man. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. What else do we got going on there? Ooh, more Eisner news. We talked about this before we went off. Uh, our little two-week hiatus there, but apparently the Eisner website had to be closed due to a cheating investigation. <laughs> Everyone was voting for Tom King to win everything. Yeah, <laughs> it was Tom King using his lead hacksaw skills and CIA contacts was so pissed <laughs> that he wasn't nominated. <laughs> Just stuff in the ballot box there, but uh, yeah, wow, uh, cheating at the Eisners, man. That's uh, that's unfortunate. Who? Who would want to cheat for the Eisners? Who has such like a dog in the race? Yeah, a pony it, in the race it's so so strange. Like, and, and and an Eisner as well. Like, I could understand it being like, oh, it's an Oscar or something. Yeah, but yeah. It's a fucking Eisner. Like again, I love comics. I love the medium. I love the awards and everything. But yeah, come on, it's a it's an Eisner. You you put that on any <laughs> resume, and people are gonna be like, a what? Yeah, what what's that? <laughs> Yeah, the fuck is that? That means a lot to us, but to other people, not so much. Uh, it's also one of those things, too, because, like, you look at all the people and the things, like, these all seem like really cool, chill people who got nominated this year with really cool, really chill fan bases. Like, I could understand in years past where it's like, yep, yep, that person, that person's the problem person. This year, I can't. Yeah, well, again, it's probably just, like, like some really strange and, like, like hardcore fans of someone i yeah I, but I as you said like i don't know who because like everyone like i've be, i've seen the fandoms of all these people and they're all pretty chill yeah pretty solid pretty easy going yeah but uh yeah so the site's closed down for now uh, as they try try and investigate and try and get to the bottom of this uh when the winners are ultimately announced we'll be sure to tell you all about it yeah i wonder if they will reveal they they should just like like shame who who's like okay this guy is like fandom was like <laughs> fucking cheating make him make him walk through the streets not literally now because no one can go out but make him hold a hold a bell on zoom shame shame <laughs> shame we are shaming you uh all right what do we got from that uh oh here's something i wasn't really expecting more dc comic news for you dc comics and spotify are going to be teaming up to create original new story podcasts so basically audio dramas now i feel like we talked about this like like a long time ago like ages ago like there was rumors of something like this happening there there was a wolverine one that uh yeah, benjamin percy yeah. did and uh, it's, it's surprised to see just a de- such a delayed reaction for DC to be like, hey, we can we can do audio <laughs> dramas too. Oh, they're delayed whenever it comes to anything other than comics. 
Yeah, we can we can do it. We can do it nine times. Yeah, I mean, this is cool. You know, the audio drama is coming back as someone who works in the audio field. Uh, thank you, thank Ultimate you. Dark Slayer. Just saw that there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as someone who works in the audio field, someone who talks into a microphone, I can respect what it takes to do a good audio drama. Uh, yep, yep. What uh, what stories, though, do you think you could tell? Because comic books are obviously such a visual medium. What, uh, what do you think they could do here? And they say it's original, too. It's not like, oh, we're going to be adapting uh, some of your favorite stories. Like, this is all going to be new from the ground up shit. Well, we know for one it's going to be Batman and Harley Quinn stuff. So Of course. The pillars. Yes, yes. The two pillars of DC. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> They're held up on two legs. I mean, you could do, like, a really cool Batman one where it's, like, his, like, detective journal. And it's, like, like mm. tales from his journal. And it's just, like, his audio logs that he reads to the Bat computer. Right, right. I mean, uh, Superman is ready-made for this, too, because he had a very popular radio show for a long time. <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe not do it as Superman. Maybe do it as, like, Clark Kent. And it's like, oh. it's like the Daily Planet is branch, branching out. <laughs> Make it really uh, meta. Ooh, I want, uh, what is it, Clark Kent doing his own version of NPR, This American <laughs> Life. Just him interviewing people. Now, uh, it says here you grow what, uh, sir? Sorghum? Ah, yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> the question, he has his own podcast, but it's just him being like Joe Rogan. <laughs> Giving out bad advice. <laughs> bad advice. Now, now, I don't wear a mask, personally, but Vic Sage, you literally wear a mask. It's why you have no face. Oh, yeah. Well, well, still, it's emasculating. <laughs> now, uh, now I have some white supremacists, some men's rights activists, and uh, some neo-Nazis we're going to be talking to <laughs> for the next little bit. And I'm just going to go, huh? Huh? Yes. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> also, also, Duncan Trussell is here to drop some acid with us and smoke some DMT. <laughs> <laughs> and his Bill now Burr that... to tell me off. <laughs> yeah, really, man. Man, speaking of Bill Burr, uh, what is it? I uh, was I watched that F is for Family show on Netflix. That's actually mm -hmm. pretty funny. B Burr's own comedy for me has been hit or miss, but F is for Family is genuinely pretty solid. It's I think. really great. It it helps that animation is such a like a community process, so you know it actually refines and concentrates his comedy. Yeah, yeah. Into something that's pretty solid. Also, too, I watched that King of Staten Island movie, and he's in that as well. He's great in that. <laughs> He's really good in that. I'm like, man, this was a Bill Burr-centric week of mine. And obviously, he's a bounty hunter in Mandalorian, so that's pretty good, too. Yes. <laughs> the dude is basically living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, audio dramas. There's definitely some fun places you could go Yeah. Uh, with superhero-themed audio dramas. In in the comments section down below, tell us, what's your pitch for a DC superhero audio drama? Ooh, do like a joke one. A joke aquaman one and it just sounds like he's underwater uh. the whole time like just a filter <laughs> on it yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh it'll just be that episode of bojack horseman where he was underwater for all that it's completely <laughs> silent for three hours <laughs> ma'am i wonder if they would get like recognized voice actors to do it or if they would stunt cast with like actor actors i know uh, nolan north would do all the voices nolan north he'll be there for everything because he's he's the north man yep troy baker will be his backup of course of course you know them hanging out together 
<laughs> hoarding all the jobs. I forget which one of them said that, where it's like, hey, you know, I really want to make it in the voice acting industry. What do I do, Nolan North? And he's like, wait for me and Troy Baker to die. <laughs> it's true, though. It is so fucking true. And that's why that, I think I said that like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, with this new generation of consoles coming out, I was like, can we get like more like, like a variety in voice actors that aren't just like Nolan North yeah. and Troy Baker and everything? That's that's why I hold such a tr- uh, torch up for Ashley Birch and not just because I have a massive crush on her and always <laughs> have, but the fact that she's actually a new voice you get to see and shit and that she's basically self-fucking-made. She went from doing silly videos on the internet with her brother mm-hmm. to actually getting cast into some pretty giant-ass productions, yeah. both movie, TV, and uh, video games, of course. Mm-hmm. Good, good honor. Also, too, yeah, you got to be Troy Baker or Nolan North, or you got to be in really good with those critical role guys, because between, like, the six of them, they also get cast in everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, like, they just don't act, but they're, like, producers, too, and, like, guys who run, like, uh, what is it, the voice acting thing? Like, oh, you guys got a nice little voice acting cartel here, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> just keep casting your friends forever. Like, what was it? Uh, uh, what is it in The Last of Us? Ashley, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh. God, what is in it? I know the one you're talking about, though. Johnson? Who? Yes, Ashley Johnson, who does, like, a million things. She's on Infinity Train, and she's great in everything. She's the voice of Ellie, and then they're like, oh, uh, here's here's our new character, you know, the anti-Ellie, who she'll be going up against. And who's the voice? Laura Bailey? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. They're, they're, fr- they're friends in real life, and also she was also the lady who got cast in everything before this. <laughs> Can't get away from Laura Bailey. She's in everything. Oh, is she actually uh, Gwen from Ben 10? I didn't know that. (laughs) Again, she's in everything. Very talented lady. And they're all married to each other, too, is the other thing. So it's a whole... It's it's, it's just like three households control all the voice acting. Yep. (laughs) What I'm really saying is is I want to be invited into that group and I want cool friends. (laughs) (laughs) Without a word of a lie, I just just, just want in on some of this shit. Uh, man, you know, it would be really fun, too, if they did, like, stunt casting for these audio dramas for, like, guy number three mm-hmm. and everything. Like, they, they should maybe reach out to some popular YouTube channels and or comic-based podcasters. I could be guy number three. <laughs> Don't you think I could be guy number three? It's like, oh, look, The Flash, that man's robbing a bank. Time to punch him in the balls. Oh, no, my balls. I, w- I watched this funny thing. It was this, it was this, it was, it was a, um... Uh, a uh, a voice actor who's he does like bit parts like what you're saying and he got a part in um was it final the recent final fantasy remake and he was mm. he was streaming the game to see where he could find his voice and he found his voice and this is a white guy he's the whitest guy you know and they they gave uh. his voice to a black character oh wow oh wow <laughs> so there's always That's there's always hilarious. the problem of that happening no, that's true. You're absolutely right. That is something. I wonder, too, with these audio dramas, who are they going to be going after for this? Because, you know, I don't think it's kids. Do kids have the patience for audio dramas and, like, podcast plays? I don't know. I guess it depends on, like, what the like what they do with it. Like, are they going to make it, like, fun and wacky or, like, like educational yeah. or... Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I, I always wonder what the content thing on here was. Like, is this another excuse for dc to go really dark and really foreboding <laughs> it could be you never know you yeah, like r-rated podcasts <laughs> r-rated superhero podcasts 
Yeah, geez, that was pretty good, but I don't know if I needed to listen to the flash bang for 20 minutes. <laughs> in great descriptive detail. <laughs> Those sounds are so realistic. <laughs> yeah, for real. The the Foley guy. The Foley guy really uh, really needs a raise. <laughs> hey, hey, how did you capture the sound of light speed fisting? Oh, you see, I took this uh, jar of mayonnaise and I just stuck my hand in it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> You ever seen that where they like do sound effects shit and it's like the craziest thing how they get those sounds that we take for granted yeah, and stuff? Yeah, it's, it's actually really cool. Like uh, the sounds of bones cracking. They don't actually crack bones. They get like bell peppers and break them and yeah. that's the sound <laughs> of uh, bones breaking if ever you hear that in a movie. Yeah, you gotta be really ingenuitive to be a Foley artist. Definitely. Un unsung heroes those foley artists our hearts go out to them <laughs> and they never get the respect they deserve for creating sounds we all take for granted <laughs> i i've been editing capes and quests and i've basically had to be my own foley artist and i'm going out there to like the big sound effect libraries so like okay i need the sound of electricity no not like that more cartoony yep that's the one that buzz, 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 that's the one i need and i'm like i'm like i'm, I'm an idiot here too sitting trying to write shit into uh into the like uh bar up top and i'm like okay electricity but buzz 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 it's like no and it's like, <laughs> like well, how did old you mean? people search the internet they they're very specific when that doesn't always yes. work <laughs> yes that's exactly what i'm doing and they're like did you mean like i was looking for a hyena laughter today like legitimately as i like, do you want funny hyena laughter do you want scary hyena laughter do you want nature preserve hyena laughter which i discovered hyenas in the wild don't actually sound the way i want them to sound in this so please, i actually please tell me the, the hyenas stuff. from lion king <laughs> i almost did but i didn't want the copyright strike because you know <laughs> disney you know uh fucking copyright of that shit <laughs> You damn well know they did. So, uh, yeah, DC Podcast Plays could go either way. Seems like an interesting concept. I'll definitely give it a listen. I think a better question is, too, is, hey, when these come out, would people give a shit if I reviewed them? Yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about doing stuff like that because there's, like, a bevy of stuff that I, like, really want to review and read and stuff. But I'm like, mm -hmm. people actually, like, listen to me talking about this or not? Because it feels weird to be like, hey, let me talk about this audio play, this thing with no pictures. Yeah, it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah, let me let me talk about this. You'll you'll love it, I swear. <laughs> All right, so moving on from there, what do we got in the old news docket? Uh, ooh, Norman Osborn is set to return as the Green Goblin in Spider-Man 850, part of the bigger Sins Rising storyline that they're going to be doing which apparently this is spinning out of what's happening with sin eater because kindred brought him back mm -hmm. to life in this whole thing honestly i think this is just news for news sake so they can have something big happen in spider-man 850 yeah that's that's all it is 850 it's going to be an issue that's going to sell well so they've put norman osborne on it also apparently ravencroft asylum is going to be a big focal point in this because i guess in that Ravencroft miniseries that I didn't read, apparently something quite important happened to Norman in that series that, like, they literally made him, uh, like, they basically put him in charge of the asylum as an inmate. They okay. literally let an inmate run the asylum. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that seems like a thing. I'll have to check that out, I guess. Okay, yeah, because I know the last time we kind of saw him in The Amazing Spider-Man, didn't, like, Kindred, like, put one of these bugs in him or something yeah yeah he was like he spent a whole issue basically just talking shit about him yeah yeah 
which strengthened the thing there where it's like, no, we promise it's not Norman. Yeah, yeah. Though it is someone Norman knows, though, and apparently Norman hurt this person as much as they hurt Peter, because why would they stop and talk mad shit to him for, like, 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah, just because you can. Norman Osborn can't get can. out of prison, so you might as well. <laughs> I, I, I know my buddy Sal there for the longest time. He's been saying forever that he thinks Kindred is actually Harry Osborn, but not the Harry Osborn we have now. The old Harry Osborn that got deleted after one more day. I could see that. Because, like, he had died and stayed dead, then suddenly he just showed up alive again. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that be something? I mean, it, to me, I think it, like, it, it fits too nicely is the thing. Like, it fits too well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that, there's, like, a couple that fit too well. Because the little we know about Kindred is he doesn't like Norman Osborn. The Kingpin knows his voice. They're really... Uh, they really don't like Spider-Man, but they also don't want to take it out on the people around him like Mary Jane. And Kindred occasionally also kind of talks like a jilted lover, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, of course, a lot of people have thought, well, maybe it's uh, Gwen back alive again. Maybe it's Gene DeWolf because, obviously, the Sin Eater connection and everything. Again, I don't think it's going to be any of those. I think it's going to be something weird and out of left field. Uh, yeah, it, it has to be because Nick Spencer, you know, it's going to be something that's going to be uh, really creative and something that's going to piss off a lot of fans. But it, oh, I mean, no it's doubt. Spider-Man fans, they're pissed off already. So, Yeah, I mean, as, as we have said before, Spider-Man fans, they're like Kiss fans or Star Wars fans. They love everything and hate everything simultaneously. <laughs> I I had the theory too back in Hunted, which it hasn't come back again. Where I'm like, ooh, wouldn't it be fun if Kindred is actually like a split personality of Mary Jane, which is why she got shuffled off to her own miniseries to explain why she's not around when all this bad stuff happens. Yeah, and you had that part where she's like asleep, and there was like the 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 bug on the bed and everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which was like a reference to like the rat from the original Craven's Last Hunt, but also kind of like a, oh I'm here with you, Mary Jane. Yes, I'm here with you, Mary, because I'm always here with you. I'm I'm in your head. I'm like a personality that developed from years of being neglected by Peter and everything. Yeah, neglected or like like put through like trauma and stuff. This is her way yeah. of dealing with it. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, it makes sense, too, with everything, like, Kindred has been saying, where it's like, you know, you treat the women in your life worse than everything, you know, they come out like me, basically, and, you know, I bet, I bet if I was a supervillain, you would pay more attention to me. Ooh, I'll just become a supervillain then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, a, that's, that's my theory, it could be wrong. They, they make a solid point, too, again, in the Kindred issue where he's talking mad shit to Norman Osborn, that there was a party at Peter's house and Kindred was one of the people there. Yeah. <laughs> But we don't know who that could be. Uh, I know some people too said Flash Thompson maybe because he's been dead for a bit and that would be an interesting way to bring him back to life. It would be, yeah. But I have a feeling that like if he were to come back that there'd be something involved with like the Venom symbiote. Yeah, it should probably be in the Venom book. And also the voices in the timeline doesn't match up to the shit Kindred's talking about. Yeah. Flash died recently. Yeah. And this guy, from what they say, that he he was a human soul who went to hell and became a demon at mm-hmm. some point. Where it's like, okay, well, then I'm assuming it takes a long time to move on up in the ranks and become a demon. Yeah. Also, wouldn't someone like Gwen and all these other people be too pure to go to hell? So, assumedly, it would be a bad person. <laughs> assumedly. I don't know. Yeah, I'd love it all just to be revealed. This is all just, like, some master plan of, like, Mysterio. And Kindred doesn't actually exist. <laughs> 
that that would be some straight up hush shit where again quentin beck's like no this is the greatest trick i ever played yeah that'd be so fucking awesome <laughs> and even then they kind of went back on that too because he's like no i brought you back to life quentin back after you killed yourself it's like no but i was in hell wasn't i or were you or did you just illusion yourself to think <laughs> it's a it's a it's a hell of a thing again there's a lot of places they could go with that uh uncle ben would be a little too obvious oh, that that would actually be pretty cool just because the salt the the salt <laughs> it would it would literally be in dc when it's like oh we brought jor-el back and he's a villain now yep <laughs> that's literally what it was i'm trying to think of what other interesting things you know again because he's such a continuity junkie spencer it could be someone completely from left field someone that existed but who uh, you never saw coming. Oh, he, uh, what is it? He brought back the big man. He's like, nope, it's definitely not the big man. It's definitely not uh, Ned Leeds. It's definitely not all these other red herring characters. Yeah, Carly Cooper was another red herring. Uh, they could do the whole murder on the Orient Express thing. What if Kindred's not one person, but several person? I've seen that floated around, yeah. We we are kindred to you, Spider-Man, but we are also ki- uh, kindred to each other. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting, that Kindred's not a person, but a group of people. Yeah. Which I think in this day and age is the only way you can do an unmasked killer twist and actually have it make sense. Yeah, I guess so. And to have people not guess it, especially in the world of comics where everyone is so, like, you know, detail-oriented anyway. Mm -hmm. I feel like that should be a big video we should do at some point. I should get everyone together and be like, who could Kindred possibly be the top ten theories? (laughs) You know that would do fucking good because top ten videos always. Do oh, good. Abso- cre- absolutely. <laughs> they're they're creatively bankrupt, but very popular, and I know because even I fall down the watching the top ten list. Bang. <laughs> and you think like, oh, they're easy to make? No, they're not. They're a pain in the ass actually because you yeah. got to write ten segments, keep them about the same length, and then you got to hunt down ten different you know footages and panels and everything for it. It's actually a pain in the ass. It is. But- it's a huge pain. That's yeah, a huge pain in the ass. That's why when people are like, oh, you know, it's really easy to fart out top tens. No, it isn't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I can't believe some channels, that's all they do. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's your Spider-Man talk, everyone. Norman is coming back as the Green Goblin. What was even the last good Norman Osborn as Green Goblin story? I can't think of it. I can't think of it, and I doubt many fans could actually think of it either. <laughs> like, I even tried to think back, like, what was the last one that I even remember and then I thought, no, that was wrong. It was when he, as Norman Osborn, was selling arms to Silver Sable's country, and it was like Norman Osborn, the arms dealer. I'm like, oh, yeah, he wasn't even Green Goblin in that story. Yeah, like, he hasn't really been Green Goblin for, like, a while. Uh, someone said Goblin Nation. Yeah, all right. He was pretty good in Goblin Nation when he crowned himself the new Goblin King, and he was fighting uh, Dr. Octopus instead. All right, I will give you Goblin Nation. That was probably the last the last real time he was actually Green Goblin. Yeah, when he was going around and consolidating power in the shadows and everything, you didn't quite know who he was and that he was fighting a different kind of Spider-Man. Okay, you know what? Yeah, I will yeah, Goblin Nation, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's another concept they threw away, the whole goblin underground thing, and like yeah. people who like join goblin gangs in prison like they joined the Aryan Nation. <laughs> You just get a little fucking goblin tattoo on your face and everything. That was fun. Uh, all right, what else do we got going on there from here? We got... Oh, uh, DC uh, is promoting their new partnership with HBO Max with a series of HBO Max-themed comic books. 
but not like HBO Max meets Superman or Superman tells you about HBO Max. No, it's a hero called HBO Max. Yeah, to to the it's a hero team called Max or to the Max or something. These comics were free on on Comicsology. I was gonna like I was actually gonna pick them up and review <laughs> them just for like a laugh because uh, because yeah. they're, they're obviously like they're fucking corporate propaganda shill shit. Oh yeah. Um, oh god yeah. But yeah, I I just found it hilarious that like DC has its own app that puts mm-hmm. out like content designed mm-hmm. heroes and a team and all that for hbo max and not their own fucking ad- app <laughs> the very concept of this just makes my skin crawl this is as you said this is the end result of corporate synergy all come together and this is just the worst fucking thing yeah it's it's so bad and it's even worse because they got like decent like artists and stuff on the book so yeah, it's like yeah. imagine if you put like that money towards actually like putting out content on this app that makes that app worthwhile i i hope the artists and writers involved with this were at least well compensated <laughs> this is a comic book industry yeah, exactly they almost certainly weren't well compensated which is the worst fucking part that this is this is some poor guy he missed his fucking kids little league game and everything and stayed up late nights because he really needed to get the hbo max book in to make <laughs> rent that week god damn it. he 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 went to the kubert school and he had high aspirations of drawing the next great superhero <laughs> but here he is doing fucking hbo max <laughs> God damn it. I mean, the only way that you could make this even more, like, you know, distasteful and more just disgusting is if, like, literally, when we're reading the newest Justice League issue and, like, Wonder Woman's like, hey, gang, we sure did a good job stopping in her gang. Maybe we should all unwind and HBO Max <laughs> and chill yeah, to the max. <laughs> Tune in and watch that dude Titan show on the HBO Max. Now I only four ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah really oh look the snyder cut should we watch this that looks fun <laughs> i guess we got a little uh footage of the snyder cut too didn't we it was wonder woman looking at a thing at dark side that was a thing yeah and it looks stupid because for some reason he's decided to go four by three full fucking films so and it looks like a tv movie <laughs> well i mean it is going to be on people's tvs and not the big screen <laughs> so Again, I watched that thing, and I'm like, okay, this surely does seem more, uh, what is it, more in line with your unique vision uh, as a creator, but also, oh no, this looks like that sequel to Man of Steel and Batman v Superman that I sure as shit didn't want, but okay. Yeah, I, I saw a picture that, because like, there's that shot uh, that everyone talked about of uh, Darkseid in front of like the... The, the the army or something that's just like they basically just like erase steppenwolf and put like a, a picture of, of dark side <laughs> on there and uh the picture i saw I, I saw like a picture of the theatrical version and a picture of this and all they really did was just like desaturate it that's all they amazing. did amazing amazing an extra year and what was it like 30 million dollars well at, at least 30 at least <laughs> it's still 30 going that up. we know of <laughs> amazing it was all worth it everyone we could have taken that 30 million dollars and made anything else but you demanded it (laughs) could have made 30 small projects (laughs) could have made 30 small projects for a million dollars you're absolutely right hello pat senior welcome welcome 
Uh, man, uh, but this but this isn't all when we talk about the DC HBO Max relationship because oh oh it got better. This is this is a twofer of a story right mm. here. Uh, so just as they were promoting these fucking HBO Max comic books, uh, news also came out that a bunch of DC movies are going to be leaving HBO Max now. <laughs> Did they finally and realize it, like, hey, we have an app of our own. Why are they not on this? <laughs> It had it like it, it hasn't even been out for a full month yet. Yes. No. Yeah, and yeah, pe- people are like t- talking about like all the problems with it, and it's already losing people. This, this is the penultimate, Matt. This is the end of the app cold war that we all saw coming, where everyone tries to be Netflix, everyone puts out apps even if they shouldn't, and they don't work well. And because you know it's all a fucking game of whack-a-mole when it comes to rights, you try and get an app, but it doesn't have the things you want because it reverts somewhere else. Literally, the future is just going to be Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and whatever the fuck else it is, just juggling properties back and forth now forever. Yeah, it's it's so strange. It's so strange. Like, um, I saw people complaining because, um, I think today or tomorrow, like the the big like, which was one of the selling points of the app, the the new Perry Mason reboot series begun. Oh, yes. And and people were complaining because, like, usually when when Netflix or something gets a new series, it's on their main page. Apparently, you have to like go and find like type it in to actually find it there was no mention oh. of it anywhere on its main page that's a shame which is really strange because that was like a high budget like like series that the hbo was like advertising before all this shit went down it looked expensive yeah i think uh what is it ultimate dark slayer took the words right out of my mouth i'm bewildered by this decision yeah <laughs> bewildered is an excellent word to describe <laughs> all of this also, you, you brought up Perry Mason there, too. I wish my grandma was alive to see that because she was a big Perry Mason fan. <laughs> and that's all I thought about. The trailer made me sad because I just thought of my grandma who wasn't here anymore. I'm like, oh, she liked that. Oh, really? They punched a bunch of money into it and it's going to be on HBO Max? All right. Yeah. Just just dumb boneheaded decisions. And I think let this be an example for everyone. Don't don't be an early adopter of any of these apps ever. No, yeah, at least wait like a little bit. As as people yeah. are saying, Disney Plus barely has any content. Yep. I actually just quit my subscription to it because the Mandalorian gallery thing finished up last week. Mm. So I've got nothing I, else to watch on it until whenever these Marvel shows come out. I like putting Simpsons on in the background and they have some cute mm. animal shows to decompress. That's why I haven't uh, signed out of it yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Also too, you know, they have it to auto go. So I forget when they take money from it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the mouse slowly picking my pocket. Everyone. Oh, it'll be nine ninety nine. <laughs> okay. I can spare it, I guess. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, just, just boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision but i hope i hope you have hbo max if you want to watch season two of doom patrol yeah that's that's very strange that it's, it's going to be on there and it's going to be on the 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 app as well but like there's no none of that like oh it's going to be delayed on like the dc app for like a day so you got to watch it on hbo if you want to watch it early mm-hmm. kind of like how cw and Stargirl are doing it um, yeah, yeah. So like, it's basically like, well, watch it on one or the other. It's gonna split like the fan base. Such such a dumb decision. And again, is this? I, I can only assume this is AT and T's doing, where they're like, hey, well, we want to be in the app's arms race. We want to beat Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. 
but guys, you also own a comic company. You also have this comic. Yeah, yeah, but it's a fucking drop in the bucket next to everything else we do. No one fucking cares about DC Universe. Well, the thing is, it, it, it could be more than a drop in the bucket if you just put fucking money into it. Yeah. Well, what do you but think? Again, like like those Spotify things, like they're just going to be on Spotify. Or, or they, if they come over, they'll be on like HBO Max. <laughs> Yeah, really, if you ever get a thing. Yeah, I'm assuming because they made the deal with Spotify, Spotify will own the mm-hmm. rights to those in perpetuity for the end of time. But yeah, you put these audio dramas up maybe on one of these apps and maybe more people would listen to it. Yeah. Potentially. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know nothing about anything. This this reminds me too, you know, uh, what is it, for dumb things that actively made me cringe and i don't use the word cringe likely because i think it's been overused but that's the only way that i can actually describe this didn't didn't uh what is it uh marvel also do a dumb thing this week when they had like a bunch of variant covers being like hey yeah yeah, we almost forgot about this where it's like you know hey uh marvel comics still proudly on wednesdays instead of dc that's moved to tuesday because of the virus and i'm like that's a needless low blow marvel well not only that it was so fucking lazy and cheap because if people haven't seen it i should have gotten an image for it um if people hasn't seen it it's literally like what the title of the comic is like iron man and then like comics now on wednesday in like a bold type that's literally the no pictures or anything so it's like so cheap and lazy they don't have to pay any artists to do this some fucking intern knock this up in photoshop in 10 minutes and it's also it's just like why marvel you're in a good spot we're liking you you're putting out more books that i'm reading right now than dc do you really need to kick them when they're down right now and like come on you're all part of the same industry and everything here why why are you being shitty during a national crisis when you don't need to be do you reckon this is their response to like them dc leaving uh diamond oh 100 without a doubt it's like it's like yeah well, you, like but dc are kind of succeeding now they've got all these digital first books that are coming out every day of the week and they're fantastic they're selling yeah, really they're well because they keep going yeah, and they're and they're freer now without dime. In fact, I saw too. Uh, not only you know are they leaving the diamond stuff uh, for just their books, but for their merchandise too. They're Ooh. actually like entertaining new offers for merch and everything too. Oh, nice. Maybe that means I can yeah. actually get some good shit over here. <laughs> That's the hope. Again, you and me—they always you know rake us over the coals when it comes to shipping and handling. But yeah, what a what a weird choice. Just across the board for marvel i don't know why they would do that that seems so unnecessary and so just petty for petty's sake i want to see the type of people that buy these and i want to see the type of people that buy these and then try and hock them on ebay as like some like like oh special edition like 900 dollars for this Uh, cover it's like the punchline it's gonna make (laughs) a lot of money speaking of punchline we didn't get to talk about that but we got her origin issue and i actually kind of dig now that we know what her deal is about she's literally a two edgy five me college chemistry uh person who's like we live in a society and that's why she is the way she is which issue was that because i didn't read that that was in the joker origins ah, ah, I, see, no, I, so- I passed over on that Oh, sorry, the Joker 80th anniversary. Yeah, 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 Tynan writes a story, and it's literally just Punchline's origin, and she is the embodiment of We Live in a Society. Oh, fantastic. 
she is a shitty Joker fan, like the kind you would meet on Twitter. And I'm like, all right, I can dig it, James. I can dig it. Yeah. Okay. That, that That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That That's fun, too, because it puts her conversation she had with Harley and the Batman that came out that week in, like, a completely different, you know, uh, kind of whatchamacallit kind of context. Yeah. Yeah, different light and context. Because Harley's just like, oh... Oh, you poor child. Because she's a child. She's a fucking college junior is what she is. I I was so much like you, but yet also unlike you, because Harley was always sympathetic and funny. Punchline is actively unsympathetic and purposely unfunny. Well, what does Harley say in that book? It's like, it's like what, what are your, what's your jokes and your smile? Like, like what, where's uh, all that? Whereas, and like Punchline says something about like, taking her intestines or something out yes <laughs> she's got I, a thing with intestines because she says the same thing to fucking slade as well yeah i don't i don't need jokes because i'm just i'm edgy yeah that's that is my joke and i'm like ooh, what's an interesting uh what is it little commentary mm-hmm. on uh what is it fans fans who get too involved in the joker in real life and now it's here uh, reflected in the comics that's yes. fun and and under titan it will be quite a fun read yeah, I'm like thinking, ooh, that's a fun outside the box meta idea. I'm really interested to see what Clown Hunter's big deal is. Maybe the opposite of that, like a like gatekeeper sort of fan. Maybe I don't know. Was Clown Hunter a clown before this? Was he just a dude who was hurt by the Joker? Because that's that's a little trite. That oh, you know, Joker just killed my family, and now I've declared war on all clowns. Yeah, maybe he's like like the anti like we live in a society people like the people that hate those people right right we kind of have them like you know uh matter and anti-matter that would be fun yeah i could see that be interesting so uh yeah everyone that's pretty much all the news we've had for this week uh normally we talk about what we read this week but not much came out this week honestly we talked about metal and that was the biggest book yeah nothing nothing too big came out i know next week or this week as you're listening to this um uh empire starts up nice i'm excited for that i'm happy to get back into marvel because my marvel reading is basically a freaking iv drip yeah now yeah with they, how little that's they've coming been up. really strange with like how they putting out books it's like yeah like, here's five books this week and here's two this week yeah he- here's valkyrie which was going to be a digital one anyway yeah but here it is for you to read and yeah it's, it's very strange but yeah, i'm excited for empire i always like contrasting and comparing the different events and i mean we couldn't be asking uh for two like completely different events in death metal oh, yeah. and in uh whatchamacallit uh empire oh someone said no talk about the miles morales game not much to say it looks cool we get yeah. to play as miles that's awesome we'll, we'll talk more about it when we see more yeah when, once we know more about especially like the ps5 like yeah oh, i'm sure we'll know more and we did talk about the ps5 kinder in our ant-man review in our Ant-Man yes commentary. yes we yeah not enough people listen to that ant-man commentary which is fine because you know i did it for a patron who was really generous and really wanted it but if you want to hear matt and me go in on the ps5 you gotta go and listen to it because we talk about it there <laughs> we we hit it we hit it in the thing <laughs> i should have put ps5 talk in the tag is what i should have done <laughs> it's not too late i can go back so uh all right everyone we're gonna start uh winding down the show do stick around though because i have an interview with comic uno we talk comics we talk her upcoming uh kickstarter for her new book uh she's always fun to have on the show fans always like her uh i'll be wearing a different shirt because i recorded that in the past <laughs> and you will be seeing it now I'll cgi your shirt now onto your body 
<laughs> just Photoshop it on. <laughs> you know, I almost dug that shirt out of the hamper too. I'm like, for continuity's sake, should I do this? And I'm like, no one's going to believe I fucking recorded this in the same day. <laughs> No one believes me. So thank you everyone for watching and listening. Really appreciate it. Again, be sure to join us again next week. We're assumedly we're not going to take two weeks off again. No, I don't. I don't think we will be, because because I remember no, no. I worked out the numbers, and you and did. and episode two hundred should be about the same time that San Diego Comic Con at home is on. Yeah, we'll have to do something really special for that. I should try and get all of our friends out there to record little messages that we can put in here and everything. That would be nice. I yeah, think. Yeah. Do, do something fun for a juggle, juggle chainsaws, do a Q and a <laughs> do, do something special. Yeah. Finally get around to starting that only fans account. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We can finally start doing that. I have some saucy, saucy, uh, takes for everyone. There. Some great feet picks. <laughs> Oh yeah, feed it, man. We joke about that, but like, there'd be at least two or three people. It's like, yes, I would, I would like that very much, please. <laughs> of course, those goddamn weirdos. <laughs> There'd always be two or three who would be very fucking into it. <laughs> in every fan base. There's always some, and we're thankful for you out there. But we're not, we're not doing OnlyFans yet. <laughs> give it, give it four hundred episodes, and we'll see if the ass ain't falling out of the comic book YouTuber pyramid yet. <laughs> Uh, so on that note, everyone, thank you for listening. And with that, I am going to be turning you over to Joel in the Past for the interview segment. So take it away, me. Hello and welcome, everyone, to another Comic Multiverse interview segment. It's been a long time since we've done one of these, but I'm very happy to say we have an old, old friend rejoining the podcast now. I know her as Cat, but you probably know her better as Comic Uno, and uh, she's here right now with us. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Uh, you know, it's been a while, but I've been on the channel before. Mm. And uh, yeah, really excited to to chat. Uh, between you, Jason Inman, and uh, Ashley Victoria Robinson, you're probably the most recurring one. I'm sure some, you know, really uh, math-centric fan would probably put that one together for me, who uh, who's uh, guested and cameoed the most on the channel. But I think, I think you're in the lead on that one, but that's just me. <laughs> Good company, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so how have you been keeping in this crazy quarantine time? It's been a while since I've talked to you. Oh, um, you know, living life. I'm glad comics are back because we were just mm. kind of chatting about that pre-show. It, it was a lonely two months without them. Uh, but we're, we're starting to get back into the groove. Not, you know, not everything's perfect. I'm still getting like five books a week. Yeah, this yeah. week I'm getting ten. Oh, so that's nice. crazy. Yeah, so I'm glad, you know, DC's kind of releasing a lot. Uh, Marvel's still getting there. We're, we're still trying to, to see more releases. But yeah, doing well, uh, doing a lot of writing, uh, YouTube stuff. Uh, I also work for News Drama in, in DC Universe now. Yeah, so yeah, I've noticed. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, what's, uh, well, I, I guess I'll ask it right now. I was going to wait, but why let the people wait any longer? What's uh, what's that like, uh, getting to work for Newsarama now and everything? That's a site I check all the time when I'm looking to get news topics for this very show. Oh, yeah, Newsarama is great. I've been working with them since 2017, so I feel like years just pass by. <laughs> it's just like, what? That's crazy. I've been working for them for, like, three years. Uh, but, 
yeah, I, I have a great time. What I mostly do for them is interviews. So mm-hmm. I interview your favorite comic book writers or artists. Um, I've been doing a lot of DC stuff for them. Um, so, but also I do Boom, I do Image. I, I just do a lot of different coverage because I, I read a lot of books. So they need somebody. I'm I'm on the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like a lot of Power Rangers stuff. I know hey. you got some Power Rangers fans. Oh, do we um, ever? <laughs> yeah. So I do a lot of those interviews and. Uh, DC Universe. I, I also talk a lot about DC Comics, but what's cool is that I don't have to talk about the current comics. It's like their backlog. So I get yeah. to like dig. Yeah, I get to dig deep. Like I just did a, a article on Aquaman pilot. Nice, I haven't nice. seen that since like was released. So that was fun. Yeah, that uh, that was the stuff of legend when that came out. There was like, yo, you know, there's an Aquaman pilot for a thing they never made. That and the Wonder Woman pilot for the show they never oh, made. Oh, yeah. You had a hunt for... I remember the Wonder Woman one. You had to really hunt to find it. Aquaman was a little easier. Yeah. Aquaman wasn't as bad as Wonder Woman. No, from what I understand, like it was very much in the vein of Smallville and everything at the time. It probably could have made it, but who knows? I think today it would have been able to make it. It's, I mean, it's very different from the Arrowverse stuff, but it's, it's not a bad show. You no. know, it was it wasn't bad. Wonder Woman, that yeah. was kind of a bad show. That was not great. That was a, that, that was like a lot of like actors and performers I like being like, oh no, oh no, you can do better than this. Like wasn't uh, Anthony Stewart head in that? And it's like, oh come on, man. I think so. And then uh, Plecky, uh, Adrian Plecky uh, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was Wonder Woman. I know she's like a big comic fan because her brother writes comics, so it's like a shame. But at least she got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after that. Yeah, there you go. She got something of it. She didn't get her spinoff, though. She almost got that spinoff, and then it didn't happen. I wish. I wish she got it. I want to see that. That's another, like, great lost bit of superhero media like how how was this pilot why did they say no to it why did they turn it down what was wrong yeah, i with wish it? they released that that that's one we've never gotten released i'm, I'm trying to think if there's a there's definitely others, but I feel like recently most of them tend to get picked up. Yeah, for whatever. It, it's weird now if you don't get picked up and you're a superhero show. Then there's something wrong. Yeah, it, fe- it feels like they greenlight season twos when season one isn't even done yet. Like, that's just a regular occurrence now. And maybe that was the problem with shows like Batwoman, uh, where, you know, chaos happened with that show. And uh. it's just like, it got greenlight, greenlit maybe too soon. Who knows? But, but you know, like, I, I was talking to this about Matt on the show as well, where it's like, you know what? I think when you break it down, losing Ruby Rose for all of these years now that we've had the CWDC universe, if that was your biggest, uh, you know, uh, roadblock, if that was your biggest disaster, I think you've been doing okay, all things considered, that that was oh, the bad sure. one. Yeah. And also still really excited for season two to see, like, what they do. Uh, I'm a oh, huge yeah. fan of Legends of Tomorrow, and I Same. hated season one. So. Oh, oh, season one is so awful of that show. Like, again, like, I love Legends now. I'm like, no, it became the best one. It's hilarious. It's one of the best shows on television. But to really get the joke, you have to suffer through season one. Oh, exactly. Uh, for sure. I mean, if you really want to skip season one, I, I don't, I won't judge you, mm. but you should. I guess give it a shot, but at least watch the other seasons. Like, it's a truly, like, magical thing to watch that show, and I would have loved to have been in the writer's room at that moment where it's like, okay, when did you know that it was the right choice to veer into comedy and be like, okay, we're a comedy now. We've been failing as a drama. What if we just become super self-aware, and what if it just becomes funny? Yeah, I agree. And also just, like, all those actors having the range enough to be able to shift. That was pretty cool. 
is really cool, yeah. But one day, I will get someone from the Legends writer's room in here, and I will be sure to ask them all of these questions. You should. They're they're chill people. Uh, definitely on Twitter and stuff, you check them out and hopefully get an interview. Yeah, they have a very good feed. Uh, now, uh, obviously, you know, uh, coming on the show uh, wasn't just to catch up and reminisce and talk about fun stuff. You, on top of all the other things you do, being a YouTube personality, uh, being a newswoman as well, you also are a writer and you have a brand new Kickstarter out right now that uh, you wanted to talk about something very near and dear to your own heart. Yeah, I do. Um, so I have a Kickstarter going on as we record this. Um, and it has 10 days left. It ends Thursday, June 25th. And it's about a high school girl. Father left her, become a full-time superhero. Everyone in the world loves him, except for her. Mm. And then she inherits his abilities. And in the most recent issues, uh, we've been getting to see uh, Jim, who's the superhero, and Casey, who's the the teenage girl, kind of reconnect more. Maybe she realizes her dad's not too bad. Um, and this all happens when, uh, in our issue five cliffhanger, we find out Casey's mom was the villain the whole time, and Ooh. she works for the KGB. So this whole issue is going to kind of unravel. How did she keep this secret? Uh, who is she? Because she's kind of been hiding in the shadows a bit. We, we haven't had her in the story as much, but she is the villain of the story. And uh, there's a lot of twists and turns to come. Nice, nice. Now, this isn't your first uh, Rodeo when it comes to Kickstarters. You've done this before. You've been on this very show talking and promoting uh, all your different projects. I guess uh, an important piece of information that I'm sure people are chomping at the bit to hear. What uh what advice would you give to people doing their own comic uh, Kickstarters? Because it's become quite the avenue now for young creatives to get to tell their story and everything. And I think you're, you, you, you'd basically be a black belt now, I think, after all the ones you've had funded. What, uh, what can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it, yeah, it's very interesting to see the comic industry changing because of, honestly, because of COVID and everything mm. going on with Diamond. I see Kickstarter being a big place and it's so interesting to see bigger creators and smaller creators being able to live in the same pond. Mm. Uh, but my advice, you know, you know, I get a lot of people asking, hey, write a script, you know, write, write yeah. your thing. Make sure everything's done. Don't uh, get it half done and be like, oh, my God, how am I going to finish this? Uh, make sure you research that way, you know, printing and, and again, colors and mm. letters. And there's all so many different things besides just writing the script, especially if you're doing it by yourself and you're an indie creator, you kind of become everything. You become the PR person, you become the editor, you become the publisher, and um, you have to talk to all these people and, and figure out how to make a profit doing so. So yeah, my, my biggest advice is A, figure it all out, figure out you know what it takes to make a comic, but then B, if you have figured it out, um, make a fan base. You know, don't launch willy nilly. I would mm. say just make sure you have a nice looking page. You know, images. Uh, look at other pages that are successful and how they look. Not just text block because honestly, those tend not to get funded unless you're a big name. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, make sure you do your research on Kickstarter and. Uh, make sure people know who you are before you launch a Kickstarter. I mean, I was lucky enough. I had the YouTube, you know, I, I was doing this a little bit beforehand. So I, I had a built-in fan base, but um, not everybody's lucky enough to do that. Or you could even, you know, try the YouTube route. Do do that before you, you get into your uh, comic. But yeah, just make sure you have a social media presence, I would say. Definitely, yeah. I mean, there's so many different uh, apps now, so many different avenues to uh, better interact with your fan base and everything. I guess, too, you know, as an artist and as a creator, what what has the most fulfilling thing been about getting to work on Like Father, Like Daughter? 
Honestly, I think when you finish an issue and you've worked so hard with your creative team and you you get it from the printer and you get to open it up that first time, I think that's the most rewarding thing is the print version, not even the digital version. I would say the print version. Uh, and you get to hold that in your hand. There is something wonderfully tactile about actually holding it in your hand, right? Oh, for sure. As someone who, who loves uh, physical comics, that is for sure. Yeah, no uh, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, any insight, too, when it actually comes to dealing with stores and actually, like, getting your book in the store? Because I know you told a really nice story back before about actually, like, okay, you know, here I am, and here I am actually getting it, and here it is on the shelf, and that's a really nice moment. Yeah, um, I would say that landscape changing so much, right? I think that a lot of people's goals have always been, let me get in the diamond, let me get in the diamond. Obviously, now that's changing, and <laughs> I think... Oh, exactly. And even like, you know, Marvel, DC, no one knows what the future of comics is. And it's interesting, like as critics and as YouTubers, mm -hmm. um, we get the question all the time. What's the comic industry going to look like? And and I think they expect us to have an answer. Yeah, and it's the, just like, the we have no is, information. Yeah, the answer <laughs> is I have no clue. I didn't think it would look like this at this time this year. I'm going on the same ride as you are, everyone. Exactly. And if you ask a writer, or artist or any anybody, they, they would say the same thing because they really just don't know what's going to happen. Mm. We, we don't. But yeah, going back to what I say, make a relationship with the retailer themselves. So don't expect to get in 100 stores. But, you know, if there's some, a retailer that is indie comics friendly, make mm. a relationship with them and see if you can get a comic on on their shelves. And um, also, uh, you know, a, a, I guess a thing that you should know is that they do take a percentage. So yeah. kind of understand, you know, what your profit's going to be, what their profit's going to be. Can you afford to be in comic book stores is another thing. I think for up yeah. and comings, if you don't have enough copies and you haven't printed enough, like you have to kind of understand your budget as, as well. Yeah, as, uh, as many uh, would-be artists and many uh, people, even on convention floors, would tell you, don't, don't get into this business thinking you're going to be rich overnight because you're not going to be. <laughs> Oh, no, not at all. I think I've had so many people come up to me and it's like, again, how do you make a comic? And they don't expect they're going to pay anything. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to get, you know, investors. I'm going to get my artists to do this for free. Mm. And it's like, no, you need to save up money to make your comic. It's just oh, like yeah. any other business. You just have to save money and hope that you're going to make a profit out of it. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. And also to, you know, treat your artists, Nidus. Again, you know, we're, we're talking to you more from the writer's side and everything. You know, tell me a little bit about the, uh, what is it, the collaborative process when it comes to working out with your artists. Because I actually have some of the art up right now that people can see while we sit here and talk. Yeah, uh, so with uh, Like Folly Daughter, uh, which is the Kickstarter comic, um, I work with Wayne Brown, who's the first artist I've worked with for comics. And I love working with him because we're both very honest about the product. And, and I really try to get his voice in the product. Mm -hmm. um, and I say we probably started that with issue two. You know, it, it doesn't start right away. You have to know the person. But we talk at least once a week. And I hear, hear his feedback. He hears mine. And we really try to make something that's both of ours. And I think that's really special. And that doesn't always tend to happen I wouldn't even say that would happen with all my books and I don't think necessarily that's what artists want but my relationship with Wayne that's what we wanted for this comic um what they call her a dancer which is my other book um we have the first two issues out for that um it's gonna be a mini series and it's actually all done <laughs> it's nice, actually nice. a wrap um I'm trying to pitch that around during COVID so mm. I couldn't pitch it around so I was like right when I was gonna pitch it um COVID happened. So I'm like, well, I'm going to sit on this for a little while because it'd be yeah. a horrible plan to pitch this. But anyways, yeah, my other artist, 
Um, I just gave him the script and he gave me pages and if there was any corrections or anything, which rarely there were, um, he'd be like, cool. Um, and we didn't, we didn't talk story as much and that's okay. You know? And I think there's just different relationships you have with different artists and, um, that's what's cool to make different products. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way I always looked at the writer artist relationship in comics, where it's like, it's kind of like becoming a parent with someone, isn't it? It's like, you know, we're going to try and split 50% of the work on this one. And we're both going to try and feel fulfilled. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about our creative child, right? Exactly. And, and it's interesting because like with indie work, with the writers kind of coming in, into it, this is their creation. Unless you're working with the artist and you literally created the story together. Mm -hmm. I think it's also interesting to see if a writer, a artist is more on the side of like, this is a work for hire and is kind of doing this for the page rate. Or if the artist is like, no, I, I want to be a full-time collaborator on this. Right. And again, I think that's something you just have to talk about um, as the process goes through. And I think both are really fun and, and really interesting to have. Definitely. Uh, as I sit here and talk to you, your, uh, what is it? Your, your video thing here keeps changing sizes randomly. I don't know why it's like, really, yeah, it's like your power level is shifting and I need to contain all of you right now. On the... I'll take that. There you go. This is the creative process is just, just going all over the place here. Now, obviously, too, you know, when it comes to launching uh, an indie book, location, I'm sure matters, too. And, you know, we were talking about the impact of COVID and everything. You're you're very New York adjacent, so I'm sure that must have been scary, and I'm sure that must have uh, offered up its own hurdles and roadblocks and what have you. Yeah, no, this whole entire time, it's been, it's been crazy, and I think it's been helpful not, right? And just going to the COVID stuff, not even talking about like New York. I mean, uh, New York, it's been definitely crazy. We just had, I think uh, today it's like 25 deaths or 35 deaths a day. And we're happy about that, you know? And we're like, oh my God, that's that's good. Like very good for us. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a, di a different atmosphere. And I think in some regards for quarantine, it helps Kickstarters, you mm -hmm. know, because people are at home and they're like, I want to get something and, and <laughs> no comics are coming out. So that helps. Yeah. Uh, but in other regards, obviously it doesn't. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, crazy stuff going on and more important stuff going on than Kickstarter. And I appreciate anyone who takes the time to look at it, um, you know, with everything going on. Yeah, see, uh, you sound like a real busy individual there between your news work and your channel work and your creative endeavors. Uh, what have you been doing just to unwind everything? What have you been doing that hasn't been a work connected, if anything? If anything. Uh, well, during Kickstarter month, nothing. Because mm. I, I, that just kind of consumes your life. And, and when you're taking a break or sitting down and not working for work, you're just like, okay, I need to like push this page more, you know, because if it's not going out, then, you know, who's who's going to see it? Yeah, yeah. But on a normal basis, you know, I would say stepping away from the computer, uh, you know, something before COVID, what I tried doing is like the weekend, I wouldn't really work on work, work stuff. Mm. I would maybe write some comic scripts and stuff but i really try to like take a day for myself and uh you know go out and, and not uh deal with all that but i think another thing is just to which I, I mean i should take my own advice but trying to balance and understand that you need um your own you know your own relaxation your own to help your own uh mental health so um, yeah, just trying to like take little breaks and understanding, okay, I worked for five hours. Let me, I think I could take like two hours, you know, yeah, and try yeah. to balance that. And, uh, yeah, I, I like watching some good shows. Uh, it's been a while actually, since I've been able to sit down and like binge watch a show. Mm. So that's kind of been nice 
to like settle down and, and watch something that's not work related. Yeah, it's funny when this whole quarantine thing started, everyone's like, oh, but imagine how much writing you'll get done, Joel. Imagine how many shows you'll binge watch. I've done maybe two. And as far as writing goes, yeah, I've done a little, but nothing that I'm particularly proud of. I'm just like, is this something wrong with me? I'm glad to know that this is more or less just the human condition in general. Oh, no, it's definitely everybody. I mean, I've I've been able to write a little bit during this quarantine. And again, Kickstarter has kind of been kicking, kicking my butt to uh, not write because it's, it's hard to write and balance all that. And I'm going to start writing again after Kickstarter is over. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been tough. It's been tough to find the story you want to write and to, to kind of have the energy to do it. I think that's the best thing uh, to say is that it's mostly just like you're always tired because you're yeah. always in the house and you're like, why am I so tired? And yeah. Like, because you're living the same day every day. Oh yeah, my, uh, my sleep schedule has gone directly to hell. It's gotten a little bit better. There was like two weeks there where I am a little bit ashamed to say where it's like, well, I'm only falling asleep when the sun is rising. So, you know, I guess it's finally time to get to bed. I'll be up around noon, you know. The internet doesn't start till noon. No one will notice. Honestly, that's the best schedule. Like, uh, I mean, I usually go to sleep a little bit earlier than the the sun going up. But, like, with our type of schedule, Mm. I usually try to wake up around, like, 10, 30, 11. Because, like, it really doesn't start until then. I set my alarm for then. That doesn't mean I'm always going to get up. And, you know, YouTube and Twitter and everything else has really spoiled me. Where it's like, oh, would you like to uh, preload or autoload a message or a video to go up? Yes. Yes, I would. So I don't have to be there. Oh, the amount of times... I use the schedule button for YouTube. It's not funny. Yeah, it's been really, uh, it's been really sought. Speaking of YouTube, obviously, because you know you're a content creator too, just like myself. Uh, what uh, what's grinding your gears about YouTube recently? Uh, don't you love having to fill out a little uh, survey every time you upload something? Now, isn't that great? Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. That classic is going to be going away, and that studio is here. It's not my favorite look. I, I don't know. I'm not. Agreed. I'm not a fan of it. I just feel like you don't get as much of the the analytics are not always correct right away either. You have to like go into the analytics to really get it. Uh, So and I I don't even know how I'm going to upload with studio. I haven't even tried. Once I have to go over that that hurdle, I'll do it. Like once I literally I can't do do classic anymore. But yeah, I mean, things are always changing. You get used to it. I think we've been in worse times for YouTube. But Mm. yeah, my I've been lucky enough. My channel has actually been growing since covid just because i've been able to shift my Mm. um content a little bit and kind of figure out what i want to do with my content but you know you're it's always a learning curve for sure yeah i i did enjoy getting to experiment and you know try some different types of videos uh i got my D D show together capes and quests i got that back i started watching some anime Again, that people have been bugging me to watch and talk about forever because it's superhero-themed. I did that. But, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I will move away from YouTube Classic Uploader when they drag me kicking and screaming away from it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they're doing it. I have no, I don't know what their reasoning is behind all that. Who does it benefit? I swear every time YouTube offers up a new change, it's like, mm, let's make it a little harder and a little bit more annoying, and then maybe less people will want to become YouTubers. <laughs> I think that's the real reason. But also, I think for the studio aspect, it's because of mobile users because they had that app and this is like what it looked like. And they try, I guess they're just trying to make the mobile and the desktop similar. 
Not to not to sound like an old man here, but I've edited and uploaded my videos on a proper computer since 1996, and I'm not going to start <laughs> uploading on a pad or a cell phone anytime soon. I agree. No, thank you. Yeah, who? I mean, I'm sure some people do, and I'm sure they're very successful, but who just runs all their YouTube stuff off a phone or a tablet? It's hard, and you know, applaud the people who are able to do it, but I mean, I use Premiere to edit my videos, so... I'm not going to edit my videos on my phone. It just, yeah. that's hard, you know? I'm a, I'm a Sony Vegas man myself. That's what I was taught on, and that's what I've never moved from since, even though literally everyone else I know is on Premiere. Premiere, you know, it's it's expensive to get, though, so I can understand. I don't know if it's, there's stuff you could do on iMovie that you could do in Premiere, unless mm. you're, like, really, really uh, past the beginner's level of Premiere. Um, but uh, I would say I'm a, a medium size of Premiere. I would not. I would not say I'm an expert in it, mm. but I I did communications in school, so Same. they forced us to use Premiere, oh. and so I know a bit about Premiere in that regard. But other than that, I'm not will not be a professional editor any anytime uh, soon. I mean, yeah, my yeah. justification is always like, look, this looks fine for me. No one's expecting me to do any cool camera tricks or you know to be 4K or to be anything else. So I mean, this this exactly. is fine until I feel that it's not fine. Yeah, uh, whatever works best for you and in your viewers, you know, yeah. and, and sometimes it's nice to have something authentic, you know, definitely. Uh, I guess, too, you know, obviously, uh, all your time is being focused on father like daughter getting this funded. You're again, it's uh, Monday night as we sit and record this now, and you're very close to actually getting it funded. And it's funny that as we move closer to this interview this week, I'm like, she's going to get it funded before I interview her. She is actually going to get this funded before I get her to sit down and talk about this, isn't she? <laughs> Yeah, I was very happy. Literally today it happened. Yeah, today, earlier this afternoon, or maybe when I woke up, that's when it happened. <laughs> uh, and it was like 5,005, and I was so happy. And uh, yeah, it's always great to, to get fully funded, A, because then the product's going to be real. And then um, now it's just to make the comic even better to, you know, now all that was all for the stuff I put into the comic. All that funding is not profit. It is all literally up to the 5,000 point. Everything I did to create that comic. And yeah. now it gets to the point where you could hopefully make some profits and, um, you know, again, get money to make this thing even better and make mm -hmm. the, the franchise even better and get pe more people to read it. I, uh, I guess the question is, too, after that, what's, uh, what's your next world to conquer? What's your next creative endeavor that you're looking towards? Um. I mean, definitely writing more comics uh, is always my goal. I actually went and, I mean, if you thought I was busy before, um, I have a master's in TV writing. So oh, wow. I, yeah. Congrats. So I have a master's. Thank you. Thank you. I graduated last year, um, so I would love to, you know, do more on that. I, I, I've been working on my portfolio to to build that up a bit more and, and try to get some TV gigs as well. So I've been, been working hard on that, which yeah. is cool that comics and TV are very married in, in many ways. Now more than ever. That's, that's amazing. When you become a, a big deal in a Hollywood writer's room, can I please be your assistant when, you know, the ass falls out of this YouTuber pyramid? Oh, Hey, uh, of course, of course. If you, if you want to be my assistant, that, that, that definitely would work out. And I, if you want to be a writer, I think that would be good too. Yeah. I, I aim low. I'll, I'll get you coffee. I'll walk your dog. I'll make your appointments. All that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> It'll be me and all the other assistants outside smoking, being like, man, come to Hollywood. They said, it'll be, fun they said 
Uh, but uh, add, uh, again, you know, uh, anything else coming out on your channel? Anything else coming out on Newsarama? You want to talk uh, talk up right now? Um, again, just a big focus on the Kickstarter and uh, the Dancer book, which we we also have on Etsy, and and we've been doing that. So nice. hopefully, getting that pitched around. YouTube, finally, you know, uh, my comic, you know, best comics of the week is back. So I'm glad to have that on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a comic book podcast on Comic Frontline every Tuesday at 10, where we discuss comic news and, and the, the comics for the week. So if you enjoy those ki- kind of conversations, we do that. Um, and then Newsarama, I got a lot of cool articles coming up, a lot of um, DC related stuff, which is which is cool. And same for DC Universe. I have a lot of cool articles that um, I've been able to pitch and uh, write up as we speak. A lot of the stuff for like the anniversary things, mm. which is cool. So like uh, Catwoman's been on the brain. So I did a top 10 for that. Um, working on some Green Lantern stuff. So uh, yeah, a lot, a lot in the pocket right now, which is always good to be busy. Well, yeah, you you sound very busy, but you sound just as equally fulfilled. Uh, I want to thank you for letting me uh, take half an hour of your time here. Uh, before uh, we wind it down, though, and before I let you go, uh, tell everyone your social media, where they can go to find you. Tell them where they can go to support this comic to get it funded, if it's not funded already by the time this goes up, which is very, very likely at this point. Yeah, you could go on Kickstarter, uh, like Folly Daughter Issue 6. I believe we also have a like a URL link, lfld.comicfrontline.com, um, I think is a direct link you could go to the Kickstarter. Uh, so check that out. If you want to follow me on Twitter and Facebook, I'm, I'm pretty uh, active, especially on Twitter, at ComicUno. And my YouTube channel is Hating Claire Heroes, but you can find me as ComicUno over there. Wonderful. That sounds great. So everyone, go do that. Go check it out. I promise you won't be disappointed again. Thank you so much, Kat, for joining us. It's been too long. I'm sure we'll have you back on again in the future. And uh, until then, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Comic Multiverse. And I will be bringing this episode to an end for the second time. So until then, everyone, bye bye